So, Naim, welcome to the Green Element podcast. Thank you so much for coming along. We know each other through the um, High Profile Club, which is a PR, really interesting PR club that um, well, I've, I became a member of last October, November. And I don't know how long you've been, how long have you been a member of it for? I think September, so similar time. And um, we're not really here to talk about that, but we're more, um, we've connected through that. And through that connection, we've understood what it is that you guys do um, in your organisation and how you work. And I think you're writing a book at the moment on the cohesion of staff and how you treat your staff. And it fits very much in the um, preface of what it is we're trying to achieve at this podcast of helping people understand what it is that they're doing and how to do it. So could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about who you are and your businesses, et cetera, please? Yeah, definitely. Well, look, first of all, Will, thanks for uh, inviting me on. I'm quite looking forward to this. Um, so my name's Naeem, Naeem Arif. Um, I run three businesses. Uh, I've got a consultancy, which means I get to work with some great global brands and some smaller businesses. Um, and the other main business I have is a carpet and flooring business called United Carpets. Um, I was born just outside Birmingham and my businesses tend to be around the Midlands. So, uh, uh, I'm quite a local boy. Okay. And, um, so take, how do you think, uh, you you've written this book. What's the book called? So, um, this is my fifth book. It's called customer first. It's all about, um, why organizations to think about their customers first. Um, and the reason why I think it's relevant for your discussion is, um, you know, one of the big quotes early in the book is stop chasing um, turnover and profit and think about customer satisfaction. Because uh, when you get really happy customers, the money will come. And the way, you know, millennial mindsets, uh, Generation Z mindsets, everyone's changing. You know, people are more interested in more than just your products. They're interested in what your, what your organization's about, uh, what you do for society and the environment. And, um, I think businesses need to start paying attention to that and bringing it into their story playing for their customers. Hmm. Okay. And so what would be your um, first steps if you are a small business uh, listening to this podcast and you, you, what, what would you suggest you do to start off with, with understanding where to get to where you would want them to get to? Um, I think, the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of high profile businesses go out of business because they've literally just disconnected with their customers. Um, that can happen for a lot of reasons. But nowadays, because there's so much competition, so many alternatives, that businesses are checking that um, what you're doing is um, environmentally friendly, ethical. Um, have you got a good service record? So like, you know, Uber had a big, um, they had a big footprint in the UK all of a sudden news breaks about how they treat their, um, their customers, their suppliers, their drivers. And suddenly Uber's global expansion goes on hold. And it's just a classic example of, um, of what can happen. So if you are an existing business or if you're a new business, we always talk about really thinking about your customers, what they believe, what they think, what's important to them and start understanding that. And if you, you know, if you can get that angle, for instance, where, you think um, there's there's a gap in the market because in a particular industry or a service area, people aren't doing things ethically or if they aren't um, you know environmentally friendly or if they aren't looking after their employees, um, you can jump into that space and you can really sell that story. 
so that's something people should really, really think about when they are setting up or if they're in business and want to, you know, go to another level, grow turnover, grow expansion. That's a great place to start, I think. Okay. And I'm not wrong in saying that everything is connected. I, um, I remember you were talking about how you communicate with your staff in, your, in the carpet shop and how often you guys meet and how often you go out. And um, that must play a part in the whole process because if you've got happy staff, you'll get happy customers and um, yeah. they will try and make, do a better job. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, you know, if, when you're a solo business or a very small business or, or a family business, you know, we're a, we, we started off as a family business. Um, it's really easy for three, four, five of you to be really entrenched in uh, the values and the, the ethos of the business and the objectives. But as you start growing and as you start getting staff involved, um, those guys have got different objectives. You know, most of them probably just want to go home. Most of them have got career aspirations and things like that. So for them to get them uh, aligned to your organization values and to get them involved, it's, it's really important to have that two-way conversation. Um, and especially when you've got probably people from different backgrounds or with different career aspirations and ages, uh, I just think communication, communication, communication is massively important. And two-way as well, not just communicating down, get their ideas and feedback. And as you've, as you've grown, have you, is, it, is it much harder to, um, I don't know, you've got 20 odd staff, is it, is it that much harder? I mean, is the, is the stuff that you can do to preempt anything going wrong or is it, should you just feel, um, find your way through understanding and making sure that you, are, you have got cohesion and just, you know your staff, therefore keep that in mind and grow with that in mind or are there certain things that you could say, actually, think about that or um i think when you're a, a smaller organization let's just say there's five of you in the organization um and you've got one bad apple it's a big percentage and when you're 20 and you've got one bad apple you can sort of cover people um when you're growing you sort of want to recruit people who are all-rounders or you want people working with you who will you know turn the hand at a multiple bunch of things and as you grow um, you know, for instance, we recently took on someone literally just for cleaning, you know, just for cleaning the store. Um, whereas 12, 15 years ago, when we first set up the carpet business, we, you know, we all did it, you know, I did it. Um, so I think as you grow, everything changes and you've got to be ready to change. But remember that your staff are the ones who are real, the real assets for your organization. If you recruit well, you know, they're a massive accelerator. If you recruit badly, if you're unlucky, they can be a massive poison in your organization and, you know, really bring out the negative and everything and in yourself as well, because you then don't trust your staff or you don't trust that person or because of that one person, you're sort of double checking people and clamping down on people. But when you've got great people, um, you know, you know, they can run things themselves. And, and, and that's the thing to, uh, to be, um, thinking about when we're recruiting and growing, a um, little bit of luck, but you know, try and give people the opportunity to grow and try and recruit well if you can. And do you personally recruit everyone, or do you have other people doing it for you? Or? Yeah, so um, 
there, there's, there's three directors. I mean, we're focused really on the carpet business here. There's three directors. Uh, there's myself, my mom, and my dad. Um, and I do all the recruitment. Um, in fact, I've, I've always done all the recruitment in this business, just thinking about it um, <laughs> for some reason. And I, I don't know. I think maybe because I've spent a lot of time in the corporate world and worked for lots of other people, um, it's just, I, I guess I've just taken that, uh, taken that role on. Uh, my parents have always worked for themselves in business, so very rarely have they worked for anyone else. So uh, I guess it's just it's just happened that way. It's not that I feel like I'm a great interviewer. It's just fallen that way in our organisation. Yeah, okay. I'm just wondering because I was speaking to a CEO of quite a large company recently, and he re- actually does all the final interviews. Mm. Uh, and because it's not that he's a control freak, he was very open to say, "I'm not a control freak," but actually if we want to have good people and that fit our culture it's not hard for me to spend an hour with someone because that hour is so important in order for our company to grow and for us to and i found that really interesting that he put his everyone's got to prioritize everything and he put the priorities i mean they've got 250 300 staff actually so it's you know it's not a small feat he's obviously Mm -hmm. interviewing almost weekly for people but felt that it was really important but in that situation um it speaks volumes about the kind of culture you've got there you've got a very big organization you know 250 people is quite big in any scale you know it's not a small uh, a small organization but it speaks to me about the culture it speaks to me that if i was being interviewed by the ceo of an organization with 20 30 50 100 200 people uh, as your as your example it tells me that i feel that the ceo will want to know me personally yeah. And that would make me feel good. Um, I, I'd be, I'd be, you know, willing to sacrifice some things maybe to join that type of organisation. Yeah, that was my thought. But it was, it's not often you hear that, is it, in larger organisations? Which is why I thought I would bring it up. And it's just, it's another way of doing things. And I think, um, so your consultancy business, you work with a variety of different organisations. I would imagine you see. A variety of different cultures within those organizations yeah so um just just to prep prep the answer so um the last uh, well since I'm, I'm 45 this year so since i was 21 i've, I've worked in i worked for pwc uh, ibm worked for lots of organizations so really uh, got to see some very big clients um got to see the way things run um it's very interesting how different industries have different mindsets. Uh, I've spent a lot of time recently in sort of manufacturing, spent a lot of time in retail. I spent a heck of a lot of my 20 odd years in public sector. The way people treat people is very different. Um, and I think that reflects in those organizations as well. Um, you know, at the moment, one of my bigger clients, they're, they're going through a massive redundancy phase. Um, and um, it's, it's well publicized on, on the news and we're seeing from the inside from the from the projects we're running we're seeing those human roller coasters um, but you know at the top the, the 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 board are responsible to the shareholders they've got to do their job and then as you come down the layers everyone's got to do their job um, and uh, yeah it's it's unfortunate when it happens but um, yeah it, it's sometimes a difficult situation um, to deal with, but people have got their jobs to do there, I guess, and they've got to get on with it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I'd like to talk a bit about the environment. I know we've, we've talked a lot about um, the social and culture and um, stuff within an organisation, but from a sustainability or from an environmental point of view, do you feel that's creeping in to businesses? Have you seen it? So I'd like to ask you on the carpet side, whether people are buying mm. more environmentally friendly carpets, because I've recently just bought a load of carpets and it was a big, obviously a big factor for me, and I did. Mm. But um, just wondering on the carpet side and then on the consultancy side, whether you're seeing it. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, we don't tend to get people asked that question. Um, uh, we, we, we've been in business about 15 years now in the carpets business. It's our 15th year coming up. Um, we do on average about a hundred, 120 orders a week at the moment. So we get through a lot of carpet. Um, it's very rare that we get asked about the environmental factors about a carpet, which is interesting because you can have wall carpet and you can have synthetic carpets and obviously wall carpets, um, are, you know, made from wool. Um, so there is a, an element of maybe animal products in there or the well-being of animals. I don't think anyone's ever really cared about that or asked me personally um but no i mean people don't consider uh, very much um on the carpets and the the flooring and the bedside we don't get many questions about the environmental or the ethical sourcing uh on that side now what would be interesting is to i wonder if it's a bit of chicken and egg whether you put up a few posters or items around and just have you thought about the environment if you, and have you, and look at these type of products and then in six months time go and look at your orders and see if the orders have changed and whether the pattern has you've ended up with more environmentally friendly products you have you as a team aren't selling it but you're putting that idea into people's head i, I don't know it, i think um you know if if we did that i think it would be another differentiator I think uh, sometimes, you know, there could be two carpets the same and, and the customer's very close, you'll have that on that. And I think there would be customers who might be tilted one way or the other with that kind of messaging. And I think, you know, obviously there is the, let's try and do the right thing for the environment anyway, because it's our planet and our future generations. Um, we don't want to leave them um, with, uh, you know, a hospital pass or a, or a bad situation. But I think genuinely that, would be important to people and if we had something like that it would probably help sales yeah yeah absolutely absolutely the um and then so on the consultancy side going into different organizations mm. do you have you seen a cultural shift in sustainability and environment thank you very much for listening to the green element podcast we really value your opinion and we're wondering if you could take part in a survey that helps make this podcast better please www.greenelement.co.uk podcast survey. I hope you enjoy this episode. Going into different organisations, do you, have you seen a cultural shift in sustainability and environment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, if we go back to the, the sort of the manufacturing side, um, manufacturing things in, uh, and and you know, waste disposal and um, being efficient and being seen to be efficient is really important. You know, um, I've seen organizations promote the fact that, you know, uh, the, the levels and the volumes of, um, of waste they output uh, and the, the reuse uh, 
you know, that's a very definite thing that organizations will promote and use. And especially now with social media, obviously, the last eight, 10 years, definitely, people will use those things as, well, as the way of getting people's attention to say, you know, buy, buy our tin of paint instead of this tin of paint because we are uh, ethically sourced or we, you know, we don't harm the environment and uh, we don't just churn out waste. I, I've seen it in many industries, many, many industries. But the interesting thing for me on this is the fact that how much I'd say in the last three or four years, it's, it's revitalized. Um, I remember, you know, being at school 20, 20 25, 30 years ago, it was a, a very important thing. The environment and don't waste things. And I, I did chemistry at university. So, you know, we'd look at process maps and, you know, how can we reuse things and catalytic converters and all these things. It did seem to go away maybe five or 10 years ago. But in the last few years, I think it's, it's come up again where, again, organizations are very proud to say that they, um, you know, take coffee shops, you know, we ethically source our coffee um, or, you know, body shop or people like that. A lot of companies are talking about this more. And, and can I ask you another question? When you say that, are you also talking, what about things like, um, you know, um, sort of gender and ethnic um, diversity and things like that because I'm seeing a lot of that as well at the moment you know it's a big drive at the moment to say uh, we want to get more late, uh, more females into management positions we want to be seen to have a, a more diverse work, workforce so we're seeing a lot that, of that as well I think there's a cultural shift going on I think that sustainability and in the environment has kind of kick-started a shift that was already happening <clears throat> and I think the sort of people that look at climate change and understand it and try to address climate change and try to address organizations environmental impact are the sort of people that are empathetic to what else is going on within an organization be it the culture or bit um ethnic diversity or you know um, we at green element i mean we're a b corp um and through that we have understood a lot more about how it all fits together and where and it's and i definitely think everything goes hand in hand particularly in that space which they're not really the same at all but i think it's just thinking about other people isn't it we're thinking about generations we're thinking about other people yeah what you've just said there that little sentence it's thinking about other people and i'm a wholehearted with that i think it's it's thinking about other things and just making money. You know, um, you can dig into your millennial mindsets and things like this and say, maybe that age is getting to the point whereby they are saying, do you know what? We're no longer scrambling around trying to make a living and we're no longer worried about having, um, you know, great things. We're also concerned about legacy and what we're going to do for other people and what we're going to leave behind. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, you're right. It's, it's about what else can you do? Uh, I'm seeing a lot of that in, in sort of the SME markets, you know, companies who are doing great turnover and probably got four, five, six employees. I'm seeing it a lot more in the bigger corporations. Obviously, in the smaller companies, it's easy for them to, to switch things and move things around. So they could be, you know, looking at one, one cause or one charity at the moment and then add another charity very quickly or switch. But with the bigger companies, it takes a bit longer, I think, for them to get that changed through. Yeah, absolutely. The um, I was, I was trying. I was thinking about something when you were saying that. Can you completely lost my train of thoughts? Brilliant. 
anyway, yes. <laughs> In answer to that, um, uh, you what? see the. Um, let, let me just say a couple of a couple of more things. It might remind you. So um, you know, a lot of people recently are trying to get onto this. Um, pick one of the UN seventeen sustainability goals. We're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing. Um, uh, people, a lot more companies giving people time off to go and spend time in the community, do some community work and things like that. So we're seeing a lot of that as well coming up as well. Yeah, I mean, it, I do remember what it was. Within the legal profession, um, lawyer, lawyers or the legal law companies are really struggling to get partners now because the younger generations are going, I'm earning 60, 70,000 pounds a year. Brilliant. Why do I want to be a partner? Mm. Being a partner means I have to work longer hours. I have to work all weekends and I never see my family. Yeah. I'm earning enough where I am. So therefore, why do I need to earn any more? And yeah. apparently talking to law firms, it's a big deal and they're starting to worry about it. And, it, and we've got to remember that millennials um, are age 14 below. Mm. And every year, a millennial is getting older and older. So therefore, I mean, I'm only just outside a millennial mm. at the age of 43. So and that's a huge part of our workforce that yeah. with stats like 92% of millennials will buy off an ethical consumer. Mm. You know, stuff like that, you just go, Ooh, we are, and of course we're seeing a shift in yeah. agriculture. And it does mean, I think, I think it's a really good thing, personally. I think that it won't stop people working hard because people always work hard. People take pride in their work. And I think people, a lot of, and particularly the older generation, I've seen that, oh, well, millennials are lazy. Mm, no, they're not, actually. It's just that they are more focused on their work and they will get things done more quickly. They won't be happy to sit there and just, you know, do whatever and then mm. pretend they're working. And then leave at five o'clock and go home. They, yeah. they want to do more, don't they? Yeah. You know, and I think that's that ties in very much with the work that you guys are doing, the the awareness you're raising, because they're not just happy taking the money. They also want to know, you know, and what, you know, what else am I doing? How else am I helping people? We're seeing a lot of this at the moment with um, a lot of companies and a lot of organisations inviting people for mentoring to become mentors. And I think it's the same thing again. It's it's people thinking, you know, we can be more than we are. We can give something back, um, you know, and the sustainability of future generations. We can give them more. And I think it's, it's across so many things that we're seeing this now. Mm. Um, it, it's great. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have it the other way where we'd all go back to maybe um, sitting at home and just not going out and just seeing our families and that was it. I think it's, it's the right way to go. We're a, we're a global village as a world. And, um, you know, community integration, community cohesion is massive, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Have you, have you read Sapiens? No. Do you know what? I don't like books. I, I do the, all the audio things. Is there anything? Not the audio book. Is it? I'll have a look at that. Do, mm. do. It's, and he talks about it as a part of the fact that we've got less world wars now and how mm. we're much more global and how we're all working together on everything and what you just said, global village. And it is. Mm. I mean, it's almost now us against the rest of space, as it were. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting, actually. I mean, if it ever happens in our lifetime, I mean, I'm, I'm a couple of years older than you, but um, when, you, when you watch like a, a space film like um, 
like the Will Smith one with the with the aliens uh, oh, yeah. or anything like that. And then it suddenly becomes the world against you know the aliens, and then we all come together. But that would be very interesting if that ever happens. But yeah, it's uh, it's. We, we, we've got this thing in the news recently where um, there's been a bit of altercation between India and Pakistan. You, 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 would, have, you would have heard, um, you know, I'm, I'm, my parents have a Pakistani bro- uh, background. I work with probably about two dozen Indian people. And it's really interesting how um, it's, we're, we're all just saying the same thing. We don't care. We all live and work <laughs> together. You know, can we stop? You know, it's 2020 nearly. Surely we don't need to shoot each other to get to get somewhere and it's really interesting how things are changing and people say you know social media is ruining everything it's not it's actually helping us get together more you know i think you know that's 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 an important thing um it helps people come together more and again bringing community together bringing people together it it's a massive influence i think on a a better world but you know i would say that i love social media (laughs) so how how do you think you can influence change how can I influence change? Wow. Okay. I think that's, um, that's a really good question. Um, I think that the thing with change is, so I've done a lot of uh, tr- business transformation work and you always talk to big companies. You've got, you know, 500, a thousand, 20,000, 40,000 when I was at Birmingham of a workforce. And it's like, how do we do stuff? How can we change all these people or how can we make such big change? And, and the reality is it comes with one action, one mindset, one thought. It's one step at a time. Mm. Um, and I think that's what, again, come back to social media, that's what social media is allowing to do. You're seeing people, especially with things like hashtags, jump onto a hashtag and go, you know, um, there's one goes around at the moment. It's one of the charities I'm involved with, Birmingham uh, Youth Sports Academy, you know, making uh, things better, making Birmingham better, you know, changing lives. I think everyone can do their bit and be part of a bigger movement. You know, you don't have to be in the same place on the same project. Um, but with a connected world, we can all do our little bit and the bigger piece is the bigger jig mountain effectively. Um, and I think that's what we need to do. We need to um, try and do something each. Uh, and then that will just massively uh, accumulate up. Do you know about this? There's um, there's a charity buy one give one, yeah, yeah. one g one. So again, that's the same kind of thing, isn't it? It's lots of people just doing something a little bit, and it's all suddenly become a massive movement. And and that's the thing. I think that power is in within everybody to do something. There are people b one g one. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Um, so what can what do you think one? What's one thing that people could do after the podcast? What would you like people to do? Okay. Um, well, I'd say my big thing is about um, don't chase profit, chase happy customers. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example of something that happened in December. In, just before Christmas, we had a, a customer, big order. Uh, it's about £3,000. Um, but the lady, she'd paid about half the deposit and she came in crying um, she worked for one of the, um, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the pound and type shops, I think it was Pound World or whatever. She'd made, been made redundant. Um, and uh, now it was a choice of pay for the rest of the carpets or get married. She came in, she was in tears. And we effectively, be careful when I say this because I'm going to get people trying it all the time. We effectively <laughs> gave her a bunch of the carpet for free, wished her a very happy marriage and said, don't worry about it. Now, 
she then cried even more. And then she actually told, you know, everyone she knew. And we got loads more customers out of it. And we didn't do it for that reason. We did it because we had a, a 27-year-old lady uh, who was just beside herself, just lost her job. I think if you're, if you're listening to this and, and you feel like, you know, there is something you can do for somebody else, just do it. Just do it. Just you're not going to become poorer by doing someone else a favor. You're not going to suddenly lose the whole market because you gave someone some advice. And certainly you're not going to run out of time in your life just because you spent five minutes listening to someone else's problem. Yeah. Yeah. If you can help someone do it, the universe will give it back to you. Guarantee you. You'll become richer anyway. Mm. If it's not financially, you'll become richer. Yeah, you will. (laughs) You will. And you never know when that will come back on you, you know, when we're all old and gray or when we're at a difficult stage in life, if we can all do something great, it means someone will do great for us, won't they, at one stage. It'll definitely come back to you. Absolutely. So where can we find out more about yourself and um, more about your businesses, et cetera? All right. Okay. So, um, so I would say uh, United Carpets is my carpet business. You can come along and buy some carpet office. There's actually 80 up and down the country. I'm just one of the directors. So I only own some of it. I don't own all of them. Um, but I would say, yeah, hashtag NACBBF. Come along, jump on, see what we're doing, see what we're about. Um, and to be quite honest, if, if you're in the area and if there's something we can help you with, we'd like to help you. Uh, whether there's you know a financial reward or not give us a shout and we'd like to see what we can do brilliant we'll put all uh, look forward to it great thanks naeem we'll put all the stuff at the bottom of the um podcast on the website and thank you so much for today it's been really interesting no problem my friend it's good to speak to you yeah you too take care thanks so much for listening we created this podcast for you so we'd really appreciate any feedback you want to give us You can do that by rating and reviewing on your favourite podcast or for iTunes, visit www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash Apple. If you'd like to keep in touch, then we invite you to join our free Facebook community, which is everything to do with sustainable and ethical business. Lots of daily conversations, themes and great ideas. A really great place to work and network with like-minded individuals. If you open Facebook and search for The Green Element, hit the group search function, we will let you right in. All of the show notes, any links, any references to the, on this podcast will be featured on our website, greenelement.co.uk. As a special thank you for listening, please head over to www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018 and you can pick up a free guide on how to green up and environmentalise your business or organisation. That's greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018. Finally, I would like to thank Ben Chatwin for writing the fantastic opening music. He is an amazing artist with a phenomenal following. It was a privilege he said yes to even write it for us. We look forward to seeing you next week and hope you have a wonderful day.